Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and from business to history and everything in between, including your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And in the end, America is the star of this show, and so are the American people. Up next, we're going to hear from a regular contributor, Bill Brake, about the simple but important task of grooming your own horse.
Two weeks ago, I went to the Cheshire Horse in Swansea, New Hampshire, to purchase riding boots, breeches, and other paraphernalia. No spurs. I see no reason to spur a horse, and Dorothy Crosby, my instructor, a practical woman, agrees with me. Breeches have leather patches on the inner thigh, the saddle sides of the leg that help one post. Rise in the saddle at the trot to manage the horse. The breeches are a mixture of cotton and unnatural fibers that stretch. Unlike the old army riding breeches of khaki twill that belled at the thighs and hips, they cling. My wife claims she finds them, shall we say, interesting. Having spent some time in my early life trying to have the municipal building at 1 Center Street in Manhattan rezoned for natural fibers, I reserve judgment. Riding boots also help control the horse while being much easier to place in or remove from the stirrups than my rubber wellingtons had been. So today, when I went to find Julio, the horse I've been riding at Ms. Crosby's stable in Stoddard, New Hampshire, I arrived in the kind of polished high boots one might expect from, say, George S. Patton in 1939. I then plunged through three inches of mud to get and bring him in for grooming. With Julio, there's always some physical comedy before I get him to the stable because there are other things he would rather do right then than go with me, and so he will walk about. Horses, unlike most humans, always live in the moment. Sooner or later, though, I catch Julio and lead him in. A rider should groom the horse before riding to ensure comfort for both parties. Cleaning his back, where the saddle will lie, is only a part of it. Julio loves to roll in the field. At this time of year, from late March through early May, New Hampshire has mud season. So when I finally get him into the stable, he's pretty dirty. Even with some degree of efficiency, the use of several brushes, combs, picks, and other devices takes about half an hour. That too may have an element of physical comedy, particularly if, like Julio, the horse doesn't think much about where he places his hooves. Half a ton of horse can make his presence known, as I learned earlier today when he placed his hoof on my right foot. Thankfully, I was no longer wearing my rubber wellingtons, which might not have taken this quite as well as my Irish-made riding boots. When Julio put his foot down, I took a deep breath and exhaled, refraining from using a few consonant clusters that leapt into mind. It was my fault. I should have turned him while leading from the front, instead of remaining at his side. Having cleaned the horse, one saddles and bridles him, leads him out to the mounting block, climbs into the saddle, and rides. I'm slowly absorbing the discipline of riding at the trot, which requires one to rise in rhythm with the horse. It's working certain muscles that I may not use as often as I should. I'm vaguely reminded of an admission Graham Greene once made to Anthony Powell, that he had not truly known physical love until he had known a horsewoman, due to the development of the muscles in the loins. Anyway, having done all that and returned to the stable, what happens next? First, I groom Julio again, going through the entire process. He's allowed me to ride him. The least I can do is clean him up so he can relax. It's simply a matter of quid pro quo. 
At this time of year, he's shedding his winter coat. I remove nearly as much hair from him during the second grooming as I did during the first. Once I'm done, I place a waterproof sheet over him, an exercise in straps and Velcro, lead him from the stable, remove his bridle and release him. Then back in the barn, I clean the hair and other detritus that fell from him during his grooming, including any manure, and sweep or shovel it out the door. The other day, by power of association, I recalled the French cavalryman and politician who, opposing the adoption of tanks during the mid-1930s, thundered during a debate in the Chamber of Deputies, what would you have? The stench of gasoline or the noble scent of manure? That was after an obscure colonel, Charles de Gaulle, had published the classic argument for the use of tanks in modern warfare the army of the future. The book was ignored by France, but a bestseller in Germany. General Heinz Guderian, whose armored cavalry smashed through the French lines at Sedan in 1940, particularly admired it. And you've been listening to Bill Bright, his story about horse life, and particularly, well, the joy of grooming your horse, and the joy of just getting to know your horse and getting closer to a horse. My daughter, it loves horses. We own a horse. His name is Lovato. And let's just say he can make his presence known too. And quite a character and a joy of our life owning a horse. If you have one, if you have barns, if you ride, you know what I'm talking about and what it does for young people. My goodness, the lessons you learn about personal responsibility, about, well, control, about risk-taking, about courage at certain points too. And if you have stories of your own, Horse stories particularly, uh, send them to ouramericanstories.com. It's, it's such a fundamental part of so many people's lives in this country, especially in the rural areas of this country and the exurbs. Again, send your horse stories to ouramericanstories.com. The beauty of the beast, the beauty of this animal, it's been a fascination for Americans, well, for as long as we've been Americans. Bill Bright's story, his horse riding story, in the end, his horse grooming story, and it's a love story in the end, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to Our American Stories. And now it's time for another Rule of Law story as a part of our Rule of Law series where we show you the absence or presence of the rule of law in our lives. Here's our own Monty Montgomery with a story. Danielle Michelson's story begins in Rolla, North Dakota. So I'm a North Dakota native. I grew up about 30 miles from where I currently live. I married my high school sweetheart. 
I went to the University of North Dakota to be a high school English teacher, which I immediately started doing uh, when I graduated in 1994. So I was an English teacher for 22 years. But the entire time that I was doing that and raising my kids, I was always gardening. It was in my blood. My grandmother was a gardener. My mom and dad were gardeners. Uh, it just seemed like the thing people did. You know, you had to have a garden. You had to produce your own food. You had to save it for the winter. You had to can and process and then, of course, cook homemade meals. So we were always food producers, but food producers just for our family. In 2014, I was still teaching and still gardening, and my sons, who were then 14 and 12, wanted to make a little money to go visit their grandparents who live in Las Vegas in the wintertime. And I told them they could sell all of our extra vegetables at our farmer's market. We set up a card table and the bowls from my kitchen and they sold green beans and potatoes and some onions and they made $72 and they were beyond excited at how great they were at it. And over the course of the next few years, we grew, our tables grew, our tents grew. We started canning everything from pickles to salsas to jams and jellies. And it became an intense passion. This growth of this business became a passion. And all of a sudden I realized that my heart needed to be in that garden and not in a classroom anymore. And that was the year that I decided that was the last time that I would leave my garden uh, at the end of August, that the next August I would be there with it and I would no longer be in the classroom. I quit teaching. My world and my passion had changed and I needed to chase it. And Danielle would name her business Michelson Tiny Plants. But why? So our business is called Michelson Tiny Plants because when our kids were really little, they were tiny, tiny humans. I mean, even as they grew, they were still little, little people. And we always referred to them as tiny pants. Come here, tiny pants. And I've, I, I feel, feel like, I feel like it every time that when I start my tiny plants growing in the spring, it's like growing your children. There's this attachment to this life that's coming out of the ground. And it's ground that belongs to me and is nurtured by me. And I watch them, I watch the plants grow and I watch them produce food. And I remember um, one of the years, uh, first years I was teaching, I'd been reading an article about food security and how people often don't have food security in their life. And I was standing in the middle of my garden and I realized that I was, it was my food security and I could help make it food security for my community. Which is important to Rala. She's providing a service nobody else does in her city and giving people options such as healthy food. North Dakota is a very long distance from where the majority of fruits and vegetables are grown that end up in our grocery store. The average time from when a vegetable is picked till it gets to Rolla, North Dakota is between 10 and 14 days. 
But if you take a look at the science of food, the minute you pick a fresh vegetable, it starts to lose nutrients. And I started thinking about, you know, that that loss of nutrients by the time it gets to the grocery store and how I could provide to our community food that had been picked literally the day before. You know, we also have a practice that we believe in no waste. And we just decided to start using our, what we were growing in products that had a little bit longer shelf life. So some of the overage goes into jars. And we just started putting a few out on the, on the table with our vegetables and realized that we had a following. People were coming back and asking for more. We made 1,950 jars last year of dill pickles. And from there, we started looking at what you couldn't get in Rolla, North Dakota. Like, what can't you get in Rolla, North Dakota? One thing was sourdough bread. There's no way to get fresh sourdough bread. We don't even have a bakery in Rolla. Uh, we do uh, tomato juice. We do a spicy tomato juice. And so we use our peppers and our onions and our jalapenos and our tomatoes. And we make a cold pressed juice that we can. And then one day, the food freedom bill was passed that allowed us to start processing food into other things. Otherwise known as House Bill 1433, the Cottage Food Act was passed by elected officials in the North Dakotan House and Senate and opened the door for Danielle's business to expand even more. You see, before the bill passed, things like pizza and French onion soup could only be sold out of somewhere with a commercial kitchen. But now Danielle and others could sell out of their home kitchens directly to their customers. People have been doing this forever, right? You bake muffins and take them over to your neighbor and, and give them to them and they enjoy them. Then your neighbor says, can you make me four dozen? I want them for you know my family. And you couldn't at that point sell them to them. You could give them to them, but you couldn't sell them, which seems kind of strange to me. So the, the cottage food law actually freed that up. As long as the transaction is person to person, as long as the producer of the food is handing the food to the consumer and the consumer can ask the questions and take a look at the product and decide if they trust you. And inherently that's what these small businesses are about, right? Friendships and trust. Then you can sell to them. And it really made a huge difference for people who wanted to try starting a small business. You know, biting the bullet and putting in a $100,000 commercial kitchen because you think you might be good at something is a little scary. But you could actually do a test market. Use, you know, you, could, you can have your own test market now. You can try selling things. How did I know that so many people were going to love my dill pickles? Like, my family loves them. But does that mean that everyone who tries them actually will come back to buy more? We didn't know. And so as our business grew, that you know was a big deal. What the cottage food law allowed was for people to start to expand. And for us, that's exactly what it meant. Our business grew. I think it was, you know, it was this. So I quit teaching in June, 2017. And the cottage food law passed in August, 2017. So it was just this immense excitement that when I had trans, you know, when I quit teaching to become a small food producer, this was like another door opened in front of me again. 
and I could just envision where my business could go. It was just a, it was a reinforcing my decision to be a small food producer and a businesswoman. And it was, it was, you know, like the stars aligned, right? I quit teaching, I put all my energy into this, and then this magical door opened and I could use all my creativity and all my planning and thoughts to grow my business literally straightforward. At least that's what Danielle thought would happen with the new lawn place. She didn't expect to face a lawlessness from her own government. And you're listening to Danielle Michelson tell the story of her own freedom to pursue her passion. And it turned out that passion was in the garden. When we come back, more of this story from Rala, North Dakota, Daniel Michelson's story, a freedom story and a rule of law story, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we continue with Our American Stories and the story of Danielle Michelson. When we last left off, Danielle was growing her business and was lent a massive helping hand by the passage of the cottage food laws. But the smooth sailing wouldn't last much longer. Let's continue with her story. Everything seemed to be going well for Danielle Michelson, but the North Dakota Department of Health had other ideas and tried to get rid of the cottage food laws, which allowed Danielle to sell food she otherwise couldn't. I mean, it was a whirlwind of craziness, right? We weren't even sure how this could possibly be happening, but the health department decided that they were worried about the safety of these foods, even though there was no foodborne illness in farmer's market produced, cottage foods produced foods um, since the passing of the law. And they tried to have the law changed, and they failed. They failed because the North Dakota legislature refused to make the changes to the law that the health department wanted. But after this, the health department did it anyways, which is a violation of the rule of law because administrative bodies can't pass laws on their own. They can only carry out laws that the legislature passed. I suddenly had to stop selling my soup. I suddenly had to put all of my ideas on hold. And I was I was just shocked. I was shocked that this is where we had gotten. Because like I said, I was elated with what could come. And then it was just stopped dead. Over this fear for food safety. And I'm not faulting them for that. But the one thing I stressed over and over again is... When you buy a jar of salsa from me, or you buy a quart of soup from me, I actually take what I feed my family from the exact same supply. And I am going to be above and beyond careful about what I am providing to people for sale because that's the exact same food that I'm feeding my family. And that's how cottage food producers feel also, in a business model, the reality is, is you make one person sick and your business is done. So small business can't ride out an E. coli outbreak on Romaine like we've seen across the nation. Small business has to be on top of their game and specific in particular and perfect at all times. That's why we were surprised when these rules came out because we felt like we were 
we were the best of the best, right? And suddenly we're the ones that are suffering under the administrative rules. It almost makes you feel like you're not intelligent enough to know better. That's offensive, right? <laughs> I'm good at this. And <laughs> my customers were just heartbroken that they couldn't get the soup that they had learned to depend on. And they're so funny because all of the people that live in my community are, they all have the ability to cook and cook well. But French onion soup takes a very long time to caramelize all those onions. And they always like to say, you know, I could make this myself, but I'd much rather you did it because yours is so good and I don't have to, you know, do all the work. And they come to market and they want to buy soup and I have to say, I'm sorry, but the health department made rules and I can't sell you soup anymore. And then the crazy part is, is if you're, if you are, you know, an English teacher from a town of 1400, you don't even know what you can do to fight it. I had no clue. I didn't have the resources to hire an attorney to fight. I wasn't even sure what the fight would be. And for the most part, you know, we're just rule following, law abiding, happy people. And we don't get put in places where we're suddenly fighting against administrative rules. I'd never even heard that term before. Oh, probably when I was in high school, I'd heard that term before, but I'd never thought about it since high school. And so I didn't even know what to do. And that's why I said that, you know, my business stagnated and my, and my hopes and dreams sort of died for a second. I just buckled down and went back to work. You know, I guess we'll just sell fresh fruits and vegetables and the things that we can bake and, and can, and we'll give up soup. And that's just how it will go. You just sort of resign yourself and, I think that's a terrible thing to say about what happened to me. Thankfully, she would be approached by the Institute for Justice, a public interest law firm that stands up for Americans when their rights are violated, at no cost to people like Danielle. I was so thankful for the Institute for Justice because I didn't even know we could fight it and suddenly they showed up, you know, like they're your knight in shining armor and they're like, we can help you. And I'm like, you're gotta be kidding me. And they're like, no, we can help you. You just have to be willing to stand up and be, you know, the plaintiff in the case. And here we go. You know, they explained to me that it was unconstitutional and I hadn't even thought of it on that level. What they did unilaterally with the, with the administrative rules was circumvent what the entire House and Senate had, you know, they had spoken. We're not changing the law. They circumvented that entire process when they had already voted it down. There was also a second violation of the rule of law. The North Dakotan Constitution states that people have to be treated equally under the law. But the rules created by the health department didn't do that. You see, the regulations allow a farmer to sell uninspected raw poultry, while banning a home cook, like Danielle, from selling chicken noodle soup. That makes no sense. It's completely arbitrary, and thankfully, the court saw it that way too and ruled in Danielle's favor. They they won, and we just got this email that said, you won your case, and that was it. It was over, and all of a sudden, my brain just spun, thinking about all of the ways that this had opened this door for me again, and it was time to not worry about being stopped and just barrel forward. And we have new goals now, and the goals are super funny or super interesting or super ironic, however you want to see it. 
But our next goal is to build a large scale indoor market that will actually have a commercial kitchen and commercial kitchens will allow us to ship. And so even though my fight was for cottage food, which means I can cook it in my kitchen, my long-term goal gets me a commercial kitchen and then I'm, you know, on the other side, you know, then I've crossed over. But the reality is without the cottage food ability, I would have never been able to build my teeny tiny business that started in 2014 to a place where I'm ready to build a facility and have a commercial kitchen. So maybe in one more year, we will be looking at building a new facility right on our main street. Now watch me now, this business is gonna grow like crazy. And great job as always to Monty Montgomery and a special thanks to the folks at the Institute for Justice who represented Danielle Michelson and represented her freedom to sell food on an equal playing field. And also for the people of North Dakota, it allowed them to get this kind of food and not have it blocked by people who weren't represented in their state legislature. These rules were passed and promulgated by people at the Department of Health. And the Department of Health doesn't have the right in North Dakota to do such things. What was fascinating was listening to Danielle's sheer frustration. She said, I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what the fight was or who it was with and what she could do about it. And in came the Institute for Justice and, well, did what they do, which is represent mostly small businesses in rule of law and property right cases. The story of Danielle Michelson, the story of Michelson Tiny Plants, and about so much more, but particularly the rule of law, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we continue here on Our American Stories. And now it's time for another installment of The McClellan Files, where we go deep inside the life of Bob McClellan, someone you don't know, but whose life and whose voice, well, you're sure to be captivated by. And today, Bob, who's a Marine, shares a story about his dad, who also happens to be a Marine. After getting my dad settled in the living room for a short visit after my parents' divorce, my father and I sat on the couch to have a beer and watch some TV. Sitting next to him, I noticed how much he'd aged. His six-foot-two-inch frame, combined with his broad shoulders and chest, gave no hint that he had lost any of his power. But he was heavier and softer. His hair was graying, and the creases in his face were deeper. As he leaned forward on the couch to reach his beer and cigarettes, I had to admire how formidable he still looked. He was aware of what was happening to him, but he didn't care. He had no interest in prolonging a life that he felt had exhausted its excitement and purpose. He'd become bored. There were no more wars to fight, no more women to love or children to raise. Left without these, his passion for life was diminished and his interest in life had become lackluster so he saw no sense in prolonging it. Life had become a still photo rather than a motion picture. His coming to a visit instilled some real anxiety in me. I knew what to expect from him. 
As the chain of command drove the hierarchy in his house growing up, it would be like that here. He'd want it that way. In his house or under his command, he was like a giant redwood tree. And very little grows underneath those trees. They are so big they gather all the sunlight for themselves. He was used to giving orders and having them followed. But now I was 26 years old. I was a former Marine and a senior in college and I'd been living on my own and taking care of myself for the last eight years. Coming to visit my home would be my dad's turn. It would be his turn to move over. My father would tell us boys that the changing of command from father to son would be inevitable. Let me tell you something, kid, that a day will come when you're not gonna wanna do what I tell you to do. And on that day, you're going to leave. Because if I lose control to one of you, I won't be able to control the other two. That day came when I was 18. I blocked the doorway that he was trying to pass through on his way to the kitchen. I stood in the doorway and... My chest really expanded. I thrust it in front of him. We stood face to face looking into each other's eyes. He said, so... You think you're ready to take on your own man now? Is that what this little display of yours is all about? Well, let me tell you something. At my age, I don't care anymore about winning or losing. What you need to know is I'm not going to go easy. I'm going to get a piece of you even if I have to bite it off. You're not going to get out of this pain-free. You need to think about whether it's worth it to you. Staring into his unblinking metallic blue-gray eyes, I thought over what he said and decided, yeah, it's time to step aside and let my father go on his way. My father knew that the key weapon in, in intimidation is that just a pinprick of doubt will burst the overinflated balloon of self-confidence. Living in San Francisco in 1974 was very different than the life on the farm my father led as a young man. Life in the city was about freedom and audacity, not regulation and authority. There was nothing that was clean or sterile. Order was not part of the day's routine. And traditional roles? <laughs> well, traditional roles and values were best left back in your hometown. My roommate returned from work after 2 a.m. the night my father arrived and joined us at the kitchen table for a drink. Sitting around the kitchen table, my father reached into his pocket and produced an empty key ring. Tossing it onto the table, he said, Look at that. That's something you don't see every day. An empty key ring. No more house. No more office. No more car. I left with only my suitcase. Really? Yeah, of course. I'd already given away all my clothes, so there was very little to pack. At least she didn't throw them out in the street or the driveway like she used to do. Well, she can have it all, including the car payments, house payments, electrical bill, and all that crap that goes with those things. I have my suitcase, and that's all I want. I went overseas with far less. The night after my dad's arrival, I invited my girlfriend and a couple friends over to meet him. Sitting around the kitchen table having a few drinks, was an easy way to introduce my father. Sharing drinks at a bar, around a table, talking. That was his element. 
After everyone imbibed a few pops, he answered questions about his life, and he started to tell a story about his time in the military police. I looked over at my girlfriend sitting next to me, and I started to run my fingers through her hair. I commented to her about how beautiful she looked. She didn't respond or pay any attention to me, as she seemed fascinated by the story. phone call from a hotel to the Kingston police asking for help. The desk clerk at a local hotel reported that a woman was with a Marine upstairs in her room screaming, you murderer, oh my God, you murderer. The door was locked and bolted on the inside and the hotel clerk was afraid of what he might find inside. He wanted the MPs and the police to come immediately. He continued, in the hall we could hear sobbing inside the room but there were no other noises. We pounded on the door until she screamed, You murderer, you animal, help, help! We whipped our weapons right out, unlocked the safety, pulled the hammer back, and I heard my body back and shouldered it into the door to get it open. And the three of us exploded into the room with our guns searching for a target. With our weapons locked and loaded, we quickly surveyed the room, but found no one other than the sobbing woman sitting alone on the edge of the bed. She raised her arms. He's in there, she said. As she pointed to the bathroom, he's in there. I ordered the other two MPs to cover the door as I burst into the bathroom. Looking down the barrel of my 45, I only saw a drunken Marine sitting on the floor in my gun sights. Sitting between the toilet and the wall with his arm around the back of the water pipe, he looked up at me and with a smile on his face, he waved his arm and said, Hiya, Sarge. We all had our guns pointed at him until we realized he was unarmed and certainly too drunk to stand up. I demanded to know, what the hell's going on here, Marine? With his free arm, the Marine pointed inside the toilet bowl and said, look. We all leaned forward to peer into the bowl and to our amazement, there was a small orange duckling the couple had won at a local fair swimming around the inside of the bowl. The drunk Marine said, Watch this, Sarge. With the arm around the water pipe, he reached up and pulled the cord on the water closet. The sound of the flush unleashed a torrent of screams from the woman in the room as the water was sucked down the drain. The duck, caught in the whirlpool, started swimming faster and faster against the suction of the vortex in an effort to stay afloat. The faster the water drained, the faster that duck paddled. In spite of his struggle to paddle fast enough, though, to keep him from being flushed down the drain, he was eventually sucked down the drain and disappeared. The bathroom became quiet as the bowl started to refill. Mystified, all eyes remained transfixed on the now empty and quiet bowl which had just swallowed the duckling. Jesus Christ, Marine, what the hell are you doing here? He said he demanded. The Marine just sat there next to the toilet laughing so hard he could care less about the prospect that he was going to be arrested and hauled off to the brig. The woman in the other room, she just continued sobbing about her boyfriend's cruelty until the water refilled the bowl. When the water level was restored and the toilet bowl quieted down, out of the depth of the drain, the duck suddenly popped up and continued to paddle around in this porcelain pond as if nothing had happened. As the crowd sat around the table laughing, a friend approached and asked, Hey, 
Is it cool to smoke some pot? I mean, I know your dad was a Marine and military policeman and all that, but is he cool? The reality of cultural and generational clash became real clear to me now. If I could have imagined at that moment that his few days visit would turn into his becoming my roommate for the next 18 months, I would have thrown all his clothes out on the driveway and bought him a one-way bus ticket back to my mom. And you've been listening to Bob McClellan, and what a storyteller. And we look forward to more from Bob McClellan. It's the McClellan Files. Again, the McClellan Files, Bob McClellan's story, his father's story, here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.